a series right now on prayer, and we've been looking at corporate prayer, trying to get all of us to pray together. Uh, 10.02 each day is something I'd ask you to maybe set your alarm for so that we could all be praying together what Jesus calls us to pray for in Luke chapter 10 verse 2. Lord of the harvest, send out workers into the harvest field. And it's been a blessing even today. I heard some of your alarms going off and that really brought me a lot of joy. So um, being in prayer uh, together corporately. The week after that, we talked about fasting, and I brought us into uh, attempting to bring us into a, a, a season of prayer as a community. So in the month of February, if you go to the dwellingtx.org under media and Bible reading plan, there's a spot there for adults and kids to be able to get a word each day, as well as begin to pray as a church about a couple things that have have been are significant for us as a church moving forward. So I'd encourage you to go look at that and continue in this month of prayer. Would you join in that? Has that been good? I'm seeing about like three of you that are really pumped about this. The point is that we're kind of in it together. Uh, so man, if we could all just bow our hearts to the Lord and really come to him and beg of him, God, come and show up. And some of these things we're laying out before you. Man, I'd really love to see our whole church doing that. And so that's just kind of a call to action. And then last week, we started to get into kind of learning how to pray and especially using the Psalms as an as a incredible guide to learn how to begin to pray. Today, we're going to take it a step further. And we're going to go to the master himself and let him teach us how to pray. Man, if I was to learn how to golf, and I had the opportunity to learn how to hold a club and how to swing or whatever from like a guy like Tiger Woods, wouldn't that be awesome? That's who you'd want to learn from. And however the heck Tiger Woods told me to hold a golf club, that's how I do it. I don't care if he'd tell me to some funky you know, thing with my elbow or something. I'm going to do what Tiger Woods tells me to do. When it comes to holding a golf club. If I'm going to learn basketball from Michael Jordan, I'm going to bounce the ball the way Michael Jordan tells me to bounce the ball. Right? I'm going to cook and break eggs the way Martha Stewart tells me to cook and break eggs. I'm going to, I'm going to learn from the master how to do what they are kind of master at doing. And Jesus teaches us how to pray. So let's kind of ears up, listen in to what he has to say about prayer. Um, if you today are a master at prayer already, guess what? You can walk away having learned something today because the master is going to teach you. If you don't have a clue about prayer, guess what? The master knows about you and he is excited to bring you what's so cool about this. He does, Jesus doesn't write a book about prayer. Jesus doesn't uh, you know, have a bunch of like steps. He got, Jesus has this short little prayer. And I think there's something about that that speaks to the person who's never said a prayer in their life. I love that. Jesus is going to speak to every single one of you today. And we can go read about this in Matthew chapter 6. So if you got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6, one of two places that Jesus teaches this prayer. Although it almost, the way it comes across to me in Matthew and Luke, Jesus is teaching this probably a lot, Okay. So he's probably talking about this on a regular basis. In Matthew here, it's during the uh, Sermon on the Mount. In Luke, it's in another context. And I, from what I can gather from it, he's probably teaching this kind of stuff all over the place. Okay. So here in Matthew chapter 6, this is what Jesus says. 
Verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. Don't do that. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then most likely getting added on later, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Don't let that freak you out. Oh, it's not in the Bible. Oh, it's still a great little addition to the prayer. You can pray that all day long. It's kind of an amen to that. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Kind of interesting there. Let's pray. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit would just come now and move me uh, to open my mouth to what needs to be said and open up our hearts to kind of be ready to receive what the Lord would want to say to us. So Holy Spirit, please come now and do that work in each of us, whether I'm the, the person opening their mouth talking or whether we're the one hearing and listening with our hearts. I pray that, God, you would come and do that work in us that only you can do. Stir us up. Move us, Lord, forward. Grow us. Teach us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Two things I want to cover today, really simple today. I want to talk about the focus of our prayers, and I want to talk about the goods that God wants to give to us, okay? That's what I want to focus on. The focus of our prayers and the good stuff that God wants to get you hooked up with. So first, the focus of our prayers. What should be the focus of our prayers? Isn't it interesting that prayer isn't supposed to be the focus? God's to be the focus. Prayer's not what we're supposed to focus on. God is who we focus on. People get that screwed up all the time. Eugene Peterson in his book that just shaped my life in so many ways, uh, Working the Angles, a book written to pastors really calling us out for all the sin in our life, which he's pretty spot on in a lot of ways. He talks about and challenges us to think that we can actually turn prayer into a verbal idol. And we start to kind of teeter on this even when we start to say something like, wow, that was an amazing prayer. Okay, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? The, the prayer was so great? Or is God so great? Um, you know, we, we actually, we, we can start to focus so much on, and I'll hear people say things like, man, I could never pray like they could pray. Wow, that's, you know, I, I, I'm not good in my praying. I'm kind of like, well, what do you mean by that? Because what you're doing is you're actually focusing in on the praying and maybe less on who we're praying to. Notice how the Lord's Prayer starts. Our Father who's in heaven. I mean, right off the bat, Jesus teaches us to focus our attention on 
our Father, who's in heaven. Um, I like this book. Anybody that goes through our core class here at The Dwelling, we actually buy this book for you, I think, right? A Praying Life. Um, there's a little phrase here right on early on in the front on page 8. He says this, Oddly enough, many people struggle to learn how to pray because they are focusing on praying, not God. In prayer, focusing on the conversation is like trying to drive while looking at the windshield instead of through the windshield. I've used that illustration before when talking about prayer here in my messages, but I just think it's too good to not share again. I mean, who's driving down the road staring? Well, okay, the little crack sometimes, sometimes, Ed. I know, I know, I know. My windshield is perfect except for one little hole right in my right eyeball. Right eyeball. You don't, you don't sit and stare at your windshield. You look through it. And prayer is not something to get stared at. We look through it to God, our Father who's in heaven. Uh, this is what the, the, the guys here that Jesus is kind of talking against are doing, right? Verse, verse 5. And when you pray, Jesus says, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that people would see them and hear them and think their prayers are so great and so smooth and so flowery and so nice. Wow, that guy really knows how to pray. Verse 7, and when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases and babble on and on. Like, I got to make this sound really good for God. Stop focusing on prayer. Okay, where are we supposed to put our focus today? Jesus teaches us to pray. When you pray, say, our Father who is in heaven. That's, that's where our focus of prayer is. Our focus is on our Father. And so you could turn to like Psalm 100. This is just an example. Kind of building off of last week a little bit. I pray last week blessed you. But to be in the Psalms. You could actually open up to Psalm 100 or any of the Psalms and you could let them teach you on some of this. Psalm 100 goes like this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. To the Lord, we're going to do this too. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us. And we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Let this teach you. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. It's all about him. See, and the psalm there, that psalm is actually teaching you, like last week if you were here, it's teaching you da-da. And then we respond, da-da. Like a little child 
beginning to teach us. The Psalms teach us how to pray as the words are spoken to us because they are the word of God. And then we get to speak those back to God. Da, 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 da. And we start to learn how to pray. And isn't it amazing, something like that? It's all about him. It's not about the prayer. It's about him and who he is. So when you pray, say, our Father. God wants us to see our relationship with him as one of a, 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 a child and a dad. A good dad. I gotta be a little cautious because some of you had really crappy, earthy dads, and I get that. And this can be a hard shift and a hard move for you. But if you could imagine what a good dad was supposed to be like, this is the illustration God is using. Is he's, he's saying, this is how I want to be in relationship with you. This past week, uh, Judy Montgomery, actually, she was, uh, she, she's on our senior leadership team, and she did a, a devotion for our senior leadership. And she, she did it on prayer, and she, she did a quote. Uh, she shared a quote by Tim Keller that I thought was just spot on, and I was like, man, I want to steal that from you. So thank you, Judy, for letting me steal this. This is what Keller says. The only person who dares to wake up a king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water the only person who dared to wake up a king for a glass of water is a child. Right? True. Exactly. A servant can't come in and be like, hey, hey, sir. Hey, sir. Can you get me a glass of water? You don't do that. Can't make that happen. But a son, a son, can come in, a daughter can come in and can come up to the king. Dad, dad, I need some water. See, that can happen. And that's the kind of access we have, Keller says. That's the kind of access we have with God is we can approach him and say, our father, that's the kind of relationship he wants with us. How does this happen? Well, this happens, this relationship happens through Jesus and his work. See, when Jesus came and Jesus lived a perfect life and he went to the cross and died for you and when he rose from the dead victoriously defeating death itself, promising to return one day after he ascended into heaven, we look forward to that day this morning. Out of, I'm out of my way out of the community. I looked at the clouds and I was like, this would be great, Lord, if it just kind of got her done because then I don't have to get, you know, I can just kind of not have to play my softball game later. Come on back right now. That'd be great. You know, that's kind of what I was hoping for. Clouds to just part and just done. We look forward to that day. Why? Jesus says, listen, John 14, Jesus says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by me, Jesus says. You can't get to the Father. See, this is, we struggle with this. People, our culture struggles with it. They, they, want, they want the Father. They want spiritual. They want something kind of floaty, powerful out there, but they want to bypass the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can't come to the Father but through me. And you and I are brought into relation, this relationship with God 
Galatians, Paul says in Galatians, he says, in Christ, we are sons of God through faith. In Christ, we are sons of God through faith. This is even for you daughters. Don't go pushing that idea of sons aside too fast. Paul is actually bringing up the point that even the daughters in the room are sons. Not from a, well, okay, follow, just follow me for just a second. Not from a biological-like kind of statement, but from an heir to the throne. See, at this time, even the sons were the ones who got all the stuff when dads dies. The daughters, they don't get anything. But what Paul is saying here, he's not pushing women down. He's actually raising you up and saying, you have the same rights as the sons. Don't lose, let that go, even though our culture would try to steal that away from you ladies. You two are sons in the sense of full rights. By faith in Christ. And so we too can come to the Father and say, Dad, as the oldest son, our Father who's in heaven, Boom, boom, boom. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is heaven. Give us this day. And we start dropping them in. But our focus is on God and who he is. He makes the way for us. See, Mr. Miller here makes this point. We need God. It's when we recognize we're like a child that will actually start to understand prayer. Because until you, until you see your life as needing God, prayer will never make sense. But as soon as you recognize you can't do life on your own, you actually need him. When you realize that, prayer will make complete sense. You're not going to understand prayer until you recognize how much you need God. Otherwise, if, you, if you're living your life thinking, you know, I got my truck, I can pretty much get anybody out of the ditch. If something breaks down, I can pretty much fix anything. I can, you know, I got my generator, I could live off the grid. If you can just, if you have this mindset where you can do life on your own, and you're just kind of like, you can do it all yourself, prayer's never going to make sense. You know what I'm saying. I'm not trying to talk to the guy that I, I can connect with you. I, know, I don't know who you are, but let's maybe talk. I like the idea of knowing where the bunker is I can go live in for a while. You know what I'm saying. When we first recognize we finally need him, that's when prayer will start to make sense. So what is the good stuff that he wants to give to us? Well, he starts to show us this by the things he tells us to pray for. He actually starts to give us this incredible prayer that begins to unpack this for us. August, Augustine, uh, which is an early church father, he says this. He says this. Let then the slothfulness of men be put to shame. Let then the slothfulness of men be put to shame. He is more willing to give. He's talking about God here. He is more willing to give than we to receive. He is more willing to show mercy than we 
be to be delivered from misery. Do you believe that? He wants, he wants to give more than we're willing to receive. He wants to give mercy more than we're willing to be delivered. This goes back to this idea of, of needing God. God, I actually need you. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in my life that I can handle and I can kind of do on my own. But man, when it comes to sin, when it comes to death, when it comes to the power of the spiritual forces of evil, when it comes to my addictions that I've been trying to kick and I've been trying to kick and I've been trying to kick and I don't I've been I've been trying. And when it comes to anything in our life, and then it actually starts to expand even more so to like, oh wait, I actually need God to be able to, Take that breath and oh wait, my heart is still pumping. Holy smokes, the Lord is even sustaining me now. Oh wait, actually, in every single aspect of my life, I do need him. See, it's at that point that prayer will start to make sense and we'll start to just actually want to receive the stuff that he has for us. He's got so much more that he wants to give than we're oftentimes willing to even receive. You don't even... So often, you don't, even, you don't even think God's going to come through. You don't even, th- you don't even want it. Because him giving it's going to maybe reveal something like, oh yeah, I really did have need. Let me, God, just deal with this one. This one I kind of got on my own. See, then, then you can start to be back in control a little bit. Or what you see, feel to be in control. So what does Jesus give to us? He gives to us seven petitions to pray. Hallowed be thy name. Holy be your name, God. Man, your name is so not hallowed in so many people's lives. There's so much. I I could preach a whole message on this one thought right here. Hallowed be thy name. I'm only doing the Lord's Prayer in one one week, so we're not going to. We're just going to kind of blend it all. But I want you to maybe give some thought to these petitions. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, Lord, my daily bread or the things that I need. Give us this day, my daily bread. Forgive me my trespasses. Lord, I need to be forgiving other people too. I need to be forgiving. You actually desire relationship not only with me, but you want me to be in a relationship with other people. You want to forgive me, but I also should be forgiving the people around me. Forgive me my trespasses. Lead us not into temptation, Lord. Lord, you don't tempt anybody. God's word makes that really clear. So help me in temptation, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you came and were tempted so you know exactly what I'm going through. In my temptation, help me in that, Lord. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil or the evil one. These seven petitions. We actually hear sometimes, I don't know how many we have left. I should have thought about this ahead of time. There's a little thing called the catechism. And I actually really like this. This is another little tool we give to people that go through our core class. But just a a small little catechism. And this actually breaks down those petitions in what I find to be a really helpful way. And so 
you know, it talks about the Ten Commandments in here. It talks about the creeds. It talks about a lot of things. But it also breaks down the Lord's Prayer. And it starts to just bring a little bit of teaching. What does God mean by hallowed be thy name? What does that mean? Our Father who's in heaven. What does that mean? Thy kingdom come. What does that mean? You know, here's just an example. What does this mean, thy kingdom come? The kingdom of God certainly does come by itself without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. How does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom come when our heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. I don't know. That's just a cool little teaching. It's not in the Bible necessarily. I'm not saying that. Just a little teaching. You can go grab one of these if you want to and just walk through. Yeah, what are some of these petitions? And, and bring me some teaching around some of that. And he gives us this prayer for, I think, two reasons. One, so that we can pray that prayer. I love the fact that you can actually sit and pray that prayer and when you're done praying that prayer, like you all prayed at the beginning of the service today, we prayed some amazing stuff. I mean, can you think of something not covered in that prayer? So I challenge people, learn that prayer, have your kids pray that prayer, teach that prayer, you pray that prayer, and do it a bunch. I don't know, why not? The master's telling you to hold the club like this. So grab onto the club. Now, I also think this isn't necessarily a prayer he's saying you have to pray like this every time. I think actually it's the very fact that Luke's gospel has it come out a little bit differently. I actually think he's giving us kind of a blueprint for how to pray. Um, one, one of the guys I really like is a guy named... Uh, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther like a little while ago, Martin Luther like 500 years ago. Martin Luther wrote a little book called uh, A Simple Way to Pray. Just the I, I like books like this. This is how I roll. This is how I roll. He wrote this little book. And what I love about Luther, see, most people think of Luther always as like this really big theological giant. See, that's actually not what pulls on me. What pulls on me is he is just a pastor. And he wrote this book. He wrote this book to his barber. And his barber wanted to know how to pray. He's like, Luther, how do I pray? And so Luther's like, ah, here you go, Billy. And he wrote this little quick book and gave it to him. And then it got obviously printed and stuff like that. But this book is to his barber. And what Luther does is that's all he does is he takes the Lord's Prayer and he shows him, here's what you could do to kind of walk through the Lord's Prayer it's just an example. He actually does it with the creed and he does it with the Ten Commandments. But he says, why not let there be some time for instruction? So sit and think, hallowed, holy be your name. Let that instruct you and teach you. And then maybe you move to a time of thanksgiving. So you thank God. Then maybe you move to a time of confession of like, I'm sorry, Lord, where I don't do that. I don't always hallow your name in my own life. In fact, your name is written on my heart, and yet sometimes I live the way I live to my neighbor in a way that doesn't honor you and hallow your name. So I'm going to maybe confess that, and maybe then I'll pray a prayer or something like that that, that connects me. God, I want to do this better or something. I don't know. I find that kind of stuff to be helpful. 
So I can actually use the Lord's Prayer now as a way to slow down and pray the things that God would have me pray about. Just this morning, I prayed, daily bread, Lord. What's my daily bread? Well, today, what I need is my youngest daughter isn't feeling good. And so my youngest is at home right now with mom. And, and so, God, we need health. Daily bread. Can you come and give me some daily bread for my daughter, Lord? And then I open up and I look at the news this morning and the world's falling apart. Guess what? Today, just like it was yesterday. So I pray a prayer like, God, come. Thy kingdom come. God, you got to come in and break into the brokenness around us. And I, I look at and I look at our church family I'm like, okay, God, may, may we be forgiving each other where we need to be forgiving each other and walking with each other. Help us with that, Lord. And all of a sudden you just are you're praying the Lord's prayer, but you're praying for stuff that, you know, is more specific, maybe is the way to say it. But it's you you get to use it as like this blueprint of like getting to pray how God would call us to pray. Thy will be done, Lord. You know, I, I literally got a text this morning from somebody asking me to preach in a couple weeks, and I was, it's, it's literally the worst weekend. And so I just prayed. I said, God, your will be done in that. What, I, I prayed that. I said, God, however you want that to go, I'll just submit to you on that because I don't know how I'm going to make that work. So you make it happen. If it's no, it's no. If it's yes, it's yes. Whatever you want. Your will be done. Do you see how you can use the Lord's Prayer as just a way to start learning how to pray? That's cool to me. Simple way to pray. And then, and then this is how I'm going to end today. And then, (laughs) what's just amazing to me about this is actually Luke's gospel. The way, the context that Luke puts the Lord's Prayer in. Uh, in Luke's gospel, he's, he's teaching and he's connecting the Lord's Prayer um, to a story where, and you can go read this to, uh, on your own in Luke chapter 11, but he's connecting it to a story where we are to, he's, he's showing us persistence in our praying. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Keep going to the Father. And then at the end of this little segment, he says this. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. And this is in that same context where he just says the Lord's Prayer. He then says, if you then who are evil, this is in verse 13, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That text has always stood out to me. And I want you to see how that's connected to the Lord's Prayer piece there. But what I love, what I love about this is that God is saying to us, you can actually, you can ask him for healing, for verity. You can ask him for forgiveness in our church. You can ask him for all sorts of stuff. Yep, and that's all appropriate. We, did you know we can actually ask God for himself to come? That we can say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? God, would you come and strengthen me? God, would you come? Holy Spirit, come. How much more will the Lord give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I pray this prayer so often. I'm constantly praying, Holy Spirit, come fill me. Holy Spirit, come upon my kids, strengthen their faith. Holy Spirit, come upon our people at our church. Come and move over them. 
Come and work in their hearts and work in their lives. Transform their lives. Give them strength. Help them, God. Bring healing where healing is needed. We know your presence can do stuff that only you can do. I'm constantly praying that the Holy Spirit would come. What an incredible thing. And all, the, the reason I wanted to end my message with that is simply because God, when I say, you know, what, what are the good things he wants to give you? He wants to give you himself. He actually wants to be in relationship with you, you him and you. And there's nothing that you'll ever pray that's better than that, ever. Nothing will be better than, God, I need just more of, I just need you. Holy Spirit, come. And then he gives this crazy, awesome illustration. And as a dad, I get it. Just yesterday around the dinner table, I looked at my three girls and I said, you could probably, girls, you could probably get dad to give you an Oreo anytime you wanted. You could probably convince me to give you an Oreo anytime. I told my boys, I said, oh, sorry, boys, sorry, boys. But then mom jumped in and mom said, hey, boys, I can help you out, you know, so we were playing. But my girls could probably get an Oreo out of me just about any time they ever wanted. Man, a good dad's going to want to give the goods to his kids. And our God in heaven, that's what he wants to do. He wants to hook you up with his name. He wants to hook you up with his will. I know that's hard. Sometimes we, we want to be in control, but man, you come on. I could argue with you. You know God's will is going to be better. He wants to hook you up with that. He wants to hook you up with forgiveness. He wants to hook you up with daily bread and everything you need for sustenance. Daily bread so that you have to continue to be in relationship with him because that's what he wants. He wants you to continue to want to be in connection and relationship with him. Not just one kind of like, hey, we, you know, we're kind of good, right? God, now for the next 50 years of my life, you kind of are over there and I go do my own thing. No, he wants to be in relationship with us because he knows that's what's best. He actually wants to give to you a breaking in of the kingdom. He wants to give, he wants to pour all this out. And we get to come to him and say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Holy Spirit, come. You yourself, God, come. You yourself, God, come. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this time that we get to spend together. Really learning how to, really learning how to pray from the master, Lord. You, Jesus, yourself teaching us. The one who is the way to the Father. I just, I thank you that you taught us to pray. And now, Lord, as we take this and we put it into practice and as we begin to daily pray, Thank you, Lord, that you, you, you promised to come and, and give us the goods. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just move over each of us. Break into our hearts, God, 
shape us and mold us. Keep, keep doing that work in us, not just here on Sunday mornings as if 10 to 11 is such a special. No, no, throughout the week, God, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, keep breaking in Holy Spirit, shaping us and molding us, making for yourself a people of your own possession. Lord, there's people in this room that are, they think they got prayer all figured out. Break into their lives. Show them something new. God, there's people in this room who've never maybe even said a prayer. I pray that you, God, would begin to move their lips. Maybe for the first time. That you'd move and stir in their hearts so that their lips might say, Father, Father, please, God, do that kind of work. Maybe it's somebody watching online or something. Just stirring them, Lord. Maybe that's, just the, maybe that's just where they only can pray today, Father. Maybe that's the only thing they come out of their mouth, Father. Stir us up, Lord. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand up.